Let's talk about the plague of pornography for just a minute. Wow, this is one of the biggest issues that so many deal with in these latter days, but few talk about it or even know how to talk about it. And when they do talk about it, it's usually in a private setting with a leader who is expected to know how to navigate struggles with pornography. Thankfully, Leading Saints has put together a remarkable resource called Liberating Saints. It's a virtual library with 25 plus presentations focused on helping leaders be better prepared to help someone overcome struggles with pornography. We cover topics like how to minimize shame in the bishop's office, how to talk with children about pornography, and even how to talk about female pornography use in Relief Society. If you'd like to review the Liberating Saints library at no cost for 14 days, simply go to leadingsaints.org 14. That's leadingsaints.org 14. While you're at it, we'll give you access to all of our virtual libraries that cover several leadership-related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org 14. I'm here with Neil Henderson. How are you, Neil? Very well, thanks, Kurt. How's yourself? Uh, even better, especially that I get to listen to your accent for the next few minutes. So this <laughs> is wonderful. Good. <laughs> and we are uh, connecting from different sides of the globe. You are in uh, in Golston, well England, done. right? Yes, correct. Yeah, <laughs> and that's on the the east coast of. Mm-hmm. Is that right, England? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, born and raised in that area, or. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Of um, I was born. Well, I was born actually in Great Yarmouth, which is like the neighbouring town, okay. and uh, moved to Belton. So I spent most of my time in Belton, which again is another neighbouring town. Then moved to Goulston after I got married. So yeah, pretty much a homeboy. <laughs> nice. And uh, uh, are you, were you born and raised in the church? No, no, I'm a convert. No, I joined the church at 21. Oh, nice. So what's the story behind that? How did how did you get connected to the the mission? Well. It's, it's kind of a crazy story. Have you got Have you got all night? <laughs> I've got all night. Well, it's I got all afternoon. It's your oh, night. Cool. It's my afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it's my night. Yeah. Um, so it kind of kind of happened back in 1990, and um, I'll I'll start at the beginning because it's probably best if I start at the beginning. I'll work yeah. my work my way through about about my kind of belief structure when I when I was young. Um, so again, I you know as I mentioned, I was I was raised in Belton, which was a little town just sort of kind of south of here. And my mum and dad split up when I was quite young. I was around about three, four years old when they split up, usual kind of circumstances. And um, me and my brother went to live with my mum and, and my new stepdad when they when they got married. Um, they had a new house being built. So we were pretty much looked after when we were young. And my mum's always been quite religious. She's uh, Church of England. And there's a lovely little quaint church in Belton and... and Funny enough, my mum's getting remarried this year after my father, my stepfather passed away. So in that same church, I used to go to Sunday school in. So they're getting oh, married wow. later on this year. Huh. And um, we went to Sunday school most mornings in the Church of England. But growing up, I was always asking questions. I wouldn't say I was overly religious, um, but I was always asking questions growing up, even through my teenage years, like, who am I? You know, who's Neil? I'd find myself as a teenager looking in the mirror going, Who's Neil? Why are you here? What's your purpose? Why are you here? You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I remember saying to the vicar in Belton, you know, about 
who am I, why am I here and stuff. And bless him, you know, he's a lovely man, Leslie Ward, who was the, the vicar at the time growing up. And, and But he could never really answer those questions for me, you know. And, and it kind of weighed off over a few years until I met my lovely wife, Carolyn. And that's oh, nice. a story in itself. So we, we met at karate. Um, I started going to karate classes later on with my, with my cousin. And we went into the karate class. And the funny thing is, my wife never, or as it was then, Carolyn, not my wife, Carolyn Bone, went into the karate class. And she actually never used to go into this class. It's crazy. It's how the Lord works and how he puts things together and miracles happen. Yeah. So she went in this class. I kind of saw her sister and liked her sister. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't nice. even pay any attention to Catherine, and and she'll she'll laugh about this now. And um, but her sister wasn't interested in me, you know. So I was like, oh, dear, she's not interested in me. However, Carolyn, I'm not saying Carolyn was a second place because she wasn't, because I hadn't noticed Carolyn. You know, I hadn't noticed <laughs> what a yeah. lovely, beautiful woman woman she she was and is. And um, after we'd finished these cries, because I had a like little red sports car at the time, you know, I was earning a little bit of money at the time. And I and that was great because I was living at home, you know, so I had some spare cash. And she used to leave little notes on my car after karate class. And I was like, who the heck is littering around my car and leaving notes on there? <laughs> and her and her sister was watching me out of the um, out of the class. And, and I picked up this note and I kind of read it and I screwed it up and put it on the floor. Not because of I was being mean, but because I was so embarrassed. I was terrible with girls, Kurt. Terrible. <laughs> I was. I couldn't talk to them, and you know, I get embarrassed and shy. So I was kind of a bit embarrassed. But she kind of pursued me, and uh, we ended up getting getting close. You know, and talking. Me being a non-member as well, not being aware of the standards of the church at the time, was kind of difficult for me. You know, knowing what to expect from Carolyn, you know, because it is obviously yeah. very, very difficult to talk to about kind of taboo subjects as you would in the outside world out of, out of the church, you know. So um, anyway, we were we went to a cry competition. I, I invited her to come with me in the car, and it happened to be on a Sunday as well. And I always remember about this break in the Sabbath for a karate competition, and I bought her <laughs> chips. And uh, we were coming back from, I think it was Ipswich uh, in England, the neighbouring kind of city of uh, in Norfolk. And we were coming back from the, from this competition. I had her cousin in the car as well, Stephen, who I'm very good friends with. We go run and I've been close with him for many years from being married. But he was quite a young chap then. He was in the back and he was obviously a church member, baptised. And we were coming back and we were talking about the church. And I said, so tell me about your church then. What is this church? He said, well, time you know we're, we're mormon you might know us as mormons church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and i said really i've never heard of them who are they that sounds really weird who's they you know tell me about it. <laughs> so she told me all about the church and everything and, and then i felt something for the first time in i don't know probably around about 10 12 years i actually felt something you know and i thought this isn't normal this doesn't when I was having these conversations with, with Heavenly Father, you know, you can feel that little bit of the spirit, but if you haven't got it all the time, you don't feel it all the time, do you? You know, so, but this was the, the time when I experienced that feeling of the spirit again. And I, at the time, I didn't know what that was. And she told me that in the church, she said she would never marry a non-member, is, is what she said in the church. And I thought, oh, boy. 
you know, this is, this is no good. You know, I like you and, and this is no good. And I had no intentions of marriage or anything like that. However, instantly, what I, I don't know how I felt it, but I did, but instantly I knew that I was going to marry this girl and I was going to marry this girl. And I, and I kind of thought, well, I better have a look to see into this church and, and, and see what it's all about. And that's when the big con came in. And, uh, and and I'll always remind her about this. Uh, I say, you can say you conned me into joining the church, but in a nice way. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I was invited round to her flat, her apartment. Yeah, we call them flats here in England, but it's kind of like an apartment. And her two friends who were there, Michael and Belinda, they, they'd been married, very, very new, newlyweds, uh, both in the church. And they invited me round and, and they invited a couple of guys round as well with little black badges on, but I didn't know who they, they were. <laughs> and of course I soon found out who they were. Yeah. And I remember one of them was called um, Elder Smith and, and I can't remember who the other guy's name, but later on I, I remember the other one. I'll do a shout out to him as well. Cause I've not seen him for nearly 30 years. So if he's listening to this, then later on, <laughs> hopefully he'll remember me. Yeah. And reach out. We right? can reconnect. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, the two missionaries came around and, started to teach, said, look, we need you to come round because Michael's feeling a bit low on the church. You know, we need to, we need to teach him a bit of a, a, a you know, some church lessons. Would you mind sitting in on the lessons with him? You know, <laughs> and Michael, said, so yeah. he was a, he was a member, but just a friend or. Yeah. He's a friend. Yeah. So uh, he, he was, okay. a, he was kind of a, a new friend to me because I'd met them a few times. We've been out. Gotcha. Um, we've been out in my car at the seafront in Great Yarmouth and stuff. So I got quite close so to them. You both. thought you were doing him a favor then? Yeah. Huh? You should. It was all a con. Yeah, I know, and I got conned. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll blame him even for today. Um, so uh, we we sat down, and then the the, the missionaries are, are talking away, and they're looking at me, going, "Well, you know, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ and the gospel, and, and Joseph Smith, and and all these." Other. And I'm like, "Why are they looking at me? You know, why are they talking to me here? Are you talking? No, talk to Michael, not me." You know, you hear me. I'm just here to support, and then it kind of clicked. The penny dropped. Oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you want to talk to me. However, you know, I let them carry on, and 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 I felt the spirit, and yeah. and that that was kind of me hooked. My mother, I went home because my mother's Church of England, and I remember going home that evening because obviously I weren't allowed to stay around Karen's apartment. Very inappropriate at the time, so you know, weren't allowed to stay around there, and. It wasn't until we got up to the law of chastity and other areas like that. Carolyn obviously did explain to me about her um, beliefs and and you know the areas which which were taboo. So I kind of kind of understood. But when it came to the law of chastity, um, you know, then I fully understood about respect for her, for for religion, for me as well. Yeah. And and it it kind of clicked, and then I, I kind of understood more. So you know that yeah. that kind of made it easier for for both of us understanding that. So it was a pretty um, quick uh, process as as you well, soon after you realised the teaching was yeah. for you. Yeah, you'd you'd think, wouldn't you? But but it didn't quite <laughs> happen like that. Um, so I went home, had a chat with my with my mum, told her about the church, told her about the, the Mormons, you know, and that I was having these lessons and and. She was kind of like, she was all right, actually. She's kind of said, why ever float your boat? You know, if that's what you want to go for, if you feel happy with that, then you do that. Because as I'm telling you now, it's just going to be a phase. It's just one of them, them phases, what you go through, Neil, that's what it's going to be as a phase. 
30 yeah. odd years later, I'm still having my phase, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I had the lessons, I had the discussions and, and Satan's a, a, a funny old thing when he gets hold of, you, you know, when you're that, that, that new person and you're trying to learn and, and, and Satan tries to get his claws into you. And that happened to me. And, I was I was uh, with the military at the time as well, so I was going away quite a bit and coming home, and and I'd had the discussions with with Elder Smith and the other elder. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. It was such a long time ago, but I always remember Elder Smith. Common name, I know, but <laughs> um, and I felt this darkness come over me, and they they were getting a bit pushy and and stuff, and I, and and I kind of pushed back a little bit and went, no, you know, this is leave me alone. This isn't for me. This isn't for me. Yeah. But I know the Lord had other plans. And uh, I went away with, with the military, with the army. I was, I, was, I was a corporal at the time, so I was kind of a, was kind of a section leader. You know what I mean? So I had a, a small group of guys I used to, I used to be in charge of, and, and we were going away, and we were, we were sitting on a hill in Wales. And if, if you've ever been to Wales, have you ever been to England? I, I haven't. Right. Well, Wales, lovely people. So if anyone from Wales is listening to this, you know, I would <laughs> yeah. say yucky die. Um, I think that's a Welsh thing for saying hello, but, um, but lovely people and lovely, beautiful countryside. However, when you're in the military and you're in Wales, it's no fun. It's mm. always raining. It's always cold. It's always wet. It's always kind of miserable when you go there. Cause whenever we do exercises, it's always in the winter and it's always cold and, and it's just generally not like that. <laughs> So I was on this exercise and we were watching this called a firepower demo. And some of you guys who, who have been in the military know what it is, the planes and aircraft and everything come over and they let loose with all their missiles on the, the tank hulks and things. And it's quite exciting and a really impressive thing. And then it all stopped and it went quiet. And I was kind of on my own on this hill. And I suppose it's a bit like being in the sacred grove a little bit, you know, because you're kind of on your own. It's beautiful hills and things around you and it's rolling green, everything is gorgeous. And I was contemplating the church and I had this peace that came over me. And, and at the time, and, and even now it just gives me goosebumps even thinking about this, um, you know, because this doesn't happen often. You know, you can't tell me how many people in the British Army are members of the church. We've got a few, but not many. So the odds on someone else being a church member and, and also not from your own regiment coming over to speak to you would be pretty slim, right? Yeah. But that's what happened. Wow. So... I'm sitting there on the side of this hill contemplating on the church life, everything like this, Carolyn, of course, thinking, of, you know, I want to do this because I want to marry it. And this guy came over, it's from the parachute regiment. Now, parachute regiment guys are pretty tough, you know. I mean, I was just normal infantry, if you know. Sure, so yeah. I, was, uh, I went nothing like special forces or anything like that. I was normal, bang on infantry guy, you know, so I was a a, a grunt if you like so for this guy to come over and he was an officer and to sit down he said uh, he said you look deep in thought there corporal he said uh, are you okay i said yeah no no i'm fine he said tell me about it what's going on so i kind of said oh, you know you're gonna laugh sir you're gonna laugh said, no 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 well, let's have a chat so he was standing there and having a chat and i mentioned the church and he said you'll never forget it i'm a member of that church and I was like, you are kidding me. He said, no. He said, best thing you'll ever do. Best thing you'll ever do is join that church. Believe you me. He said, I'll, it'll just it'll just help you no end. He says, it's helped me in my life and it'll help you in your life. 
And before you know, I turned around and I was like, all right, okay, and he's gone because he had to go away. Didn't even get his name. Don't know who he was to this day. I've not seen him anymore. I don't know who he is or, or where he came from. All I know, he was parachute regiment and he was in our church. So with that information, I remember sitting there and I just cried because I knew what I had to do. By this yeah. time when I'd gone back, we had a new missionary, and this is the guy, Elder Chad Wagner. So Elder Chad, if you're out there, get in touch, you know, because <laughs> I miss you, I love you, and I'd love to reconnect with you. You know, I wow. really would. So Elder, Elder Chad Wagner and Elder Smith. So I went back, saw Carolyn, said, I want to get baptized. I want to do it as soon as possible. Um, you know, let's get this done. So we got the program together. I saw Elder Wagner, I saw Elder Smith, said, let's sit down. And he was a greenie. He was just out, fresh from the mission field. I'd never served a mission, so I, I didn't know. And even to this day, I've not, not served a mission. I married a return missionary, though, because Karen's a return missionary. So I did marry her. So uh, that's that's my excuse. Um, and he said, he said, it's always as easy as this and as quick as this. <laughs> you know, I've got everything here. To, you know, I said, no, not always, not always. So I, but so the following week, um, we went to the chapel and, and Karen's dad, yeah, Karen's father baptized me, John Bone. And and that was kind of it, really. My journey yeah. into the church had then kind of started. So yeah, so it's a bit nice. of a bit of a crazy story, but yeah, and I'm still so, here going through my. You don't phase. look like an old old guy. So was, was that five years ago or what? Oh bless you! Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew I liked you. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm I'm 52, so I'm okay. Uh, I'm 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 getting there, getting a bit older. Nice. And then you're currently serving as the bishop in your yeah. your ward there. Maybe. Yeah. Break down what what the church is like in that area, the demographics, the uh, how you know how it's laid out and whatnot. Yeah, so here in Galson, it's quite a it's quite a rural kind of stake. You know, we've got mm-hmm. seven seven churches in 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 the stake. Uh, we've got Norwich, we've got Galston, Kings, Lynn, Milton, Hall, Thetford, who I talked about before, uh, Deerham, and I think that's it, Lowestoft. They're all part of this, but the, the distances and the demographics of the churches around here are quite, you know, quite far. So the high councilman, unfortunately, have to get, have to have quite a big journey to get to us on speaking assignment and vice versa. You know, so going around is is, is quite a, quite a trek. Hmm. Um, two of the wards um, we've got Thetford and Milton Hall, uh, where the American bases are. So we we have a a, a bit of contact with your fellow countrymen, Kurt, and uh, countrywomen. So we do get visits visits from from them as well. So we're we're very rural as a church. We have around about well since lockdown because obviously we had the lockdown with with COVID. We have around about eighty eighty five attending before we start. When yeah. I first joined, we had one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty. Um, but we're quite an old ward now, and a lot of those members unfortunately have, have kind of passed on now, and and a lot of the youth have kind of gone off else elsewhere. So it's kind of took our numbers quite down probably yeah probably half i'd, I'd say yeah. um but we we're still broadcasting online services as well so we're getting around about five or six online and the rest 65 ish in in the chapel at, at the moment and it's kind of very similar in lower stoft and the other wards as well so i wouldn't say it's a very um we're a strong stake you know we are all together but i wouldn't say as in members we haven't got hundreds and hundreds of members you know our whole state might fit in one of your chapels in utah i, I don't know you know so it's yeah it's kind of spread out a bit yeah and what do you remember about that uh you know being called to that uh 
as bishop and just starting in that role like yeah. what was difficult how did you go about just finding your footing well funny, funny thing is when i got the phone call um that the state president want, wanted to see me me and carolyn together i was like oh, no not the bishop you know i had no <laughs> of being called the bishop um we got called and i was like oh boy i said carolyn what's the i said i'm gonna get called on the stake i just know it I don't want to go on the stake. You know, you've got to travel around, you've got to give talks and you've got to do this. And I was like, oh, I really, really don't want to go on the stake. She said, well, I might be a member of like like the youth program in the stake or something like that. You might be a counsellor. I was like, yeah, that'd be okay. I'd like that. You know, I'd really like yeah. that. So, of course, we go into the state president's office and he said, uh, Neil, how you doing? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And how's you standing in the church? How you how you feeling? Do you, do you know? Do you, do you love God? Do you love Jesus Christ? Do you love the gospel? I was like, yeah, yeah. And and what what would you do for the members in Galston? You know, if if you know if if things are, what would you do differently for them? I said, well, I wouldn't do much. To, I'd, I'd love them. You know, I think that's probably I could offer. I'd, I'd love them. He said, good. I'm glad you've said that because we'd like to call you as the bishop of, of Galston Ward. And I looked over to Carolyn, her jaw nearly dropped onto the floor. And I was like, I, I didn't even know if I said anything. I thought, are you serious? You know, why, <laughs> why do you want me? <laughs> you know, I'm not a scholar. I can't recite scripture. I can't do half the things that these great guys in the ward can do. Why do you want me? He said, I don't want you. The Lord wants you. You know, mm -hmm. it, we prayed, we got down on our knees and the Lord wants you. And it was so strong because we see see the love in you and that's what the members need in Gorse and they, they need love. And don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from the previous bishops because they've been great and fantastic. And I've learned so much from them, you know, from being a counsellor and, and stuff previously with them. So it was a bit of a shock, um, if I'm honest, Kurt, when I, when, I, when I was called. And that was four and a half years ago. Oh, wow. So nice. it's been, been nice. a while. So it's been a big learning curve for me up and down it's been that i'm sure many bishops you've been a bishop you know i think um as you know it's kind of like a big roller coaster isn't it up and down emotions highs and lows and stuff so yeah so yeah it's been been kind of uh, uh, uh it's, it's it's been a, a a building moment for me this last four and a half years has, has, has helped me to grow immensely it really has and uh, your first principle here, as we, yeah. we typically do with the, yeah. uh, these How We Lead ep episodes, we review some principles that you've maybe thought of uh, before and what's really helped you. And your first one is you're not going to fix everything. And, and man, what a crucial lesson for a bishop to know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also a qualified carpenter. So I, I love oh, building nice. things and, and, um, and constructing, fixing. And Carolyn always says to me, whenever she's, she's in trouble or if any of the family in trouble, I try to fix it. I try to go around there and try to help and try to fix and try and make it better. You know, you're not going to make everything better. You know, you can't. Sometimes I just want you to listen. You know, I just want you to sit there and listen. Don't try and fix everything. You know, I just want you to listen. And and that was the first thing. You, you can't fix everything. You, you, you know, you really can't. I, I learned this very, very early on as, as, a, as a, a green bishop, if you like. And, and, I had a, 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 a situation, I can't talk about the situation, but it was sure. a situation with, with, with a member. And I sat down with them and, and I was trying to fix it. I was trying to fix the problem that they had. And it was a problem that I couldn't fix, hmm. you know. And, and he, I remember the, 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 the member saying to me, 
why don't you just listen? I just want you to listen here. You know, I don't want you to try and fix and try and I want you to listen. And that was a big lesson for me because I've tried to reach out to this person and try because they left, you know, and, and and I blame myself a little bit for that. And I think, was it because I didn't listen? Was it because I couldn't do this for them? I've learned now it probably wasn't. I think they were, I've reached out to them and tried to make, make it, make it, but I'll try to fix it. <laughs> yeah. But, and that, that taught me a big lesson, Kurt, you know, that, that sometimes you've just got to sit and you've got to listen. You yeah. Because what people want is want you to listen. That's all they need. So this may sound silly, but uh, if you were coaching somebody on how to listen, uh, how do you do that? I mean, do you just, you know, pinch your lips together so you can't talk or what? Well, <laughs> how, how would you coach someone in listening? It's, it's hard for me because I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been, I, what I do now, I sit there with my hands in between my knees uh, and I kind of sit there and, and yeah, I, I, I don't do it in such a way that I'm looking at the person to, to, to make it look as if I'm, I'm weird, like, like a puppet or something like, you know, yeah. I will, I'll sit there and, and I'll kind of smile if it's appropriate and, and have that, you know, you, the, the normal face, if it's appropriate, you know, you, you can't sit there and just giggle and smile at everything because no one's going to, you know, if it's, if it's inappropriate to do that and because you may be a bit nervous as well. I've been nervous in the past where you might have done a, um, a kind of a, a facial expression that might not be appropriate for that 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 situation. So I've got to be careful with that because you know sometimes I get a little bit nervous if I'm honest uh, certain things and, and I and it's not me being um, awful or, or mean or anything like that. It's just sometimes it, are you laughing at me? Are you smiling? You know, it's like no, I'm I'm really not. I'm I'm trying to understand here. You know, and again, that's something that I learned earlier on is to try and keep a a straight face uh, as well when you're and, and you concentrate on that person and really listen. And yeah. I try to invite the spirit into that meeting before, because, you know, like we had a, a word of prayer before to invite that spirit in. And, and that I've found that that helps because I've not always done that. You know, I think not having served a mission and done their missionary things, you know, it's, it's kind of like, this is my mission. This is kind of, you know, I want to hopefully serve later on with, with Carolyn. Um, but it's learning those those missionary kind of traits and those missionary things, and and for me that was kind of difficult to learn that, you know. So yeah, yeah. so hands hands down in the lap and and straight face, but invited with <laughs> prayer. Love it, love it. Uh, next one is uh, don't try to do everything yourself. How how do you go about delegating? Yeah, so yeah, that's that's an, and again that was an, now. I'm always getting now. I have a, a wonderful relief society president and a wonderful Eldersbourne president and Sister Paris, who's my my uh, relief society president. She's always telling me off. That's like that's like I'm a I'm a son that she scolds, you know, and tells me off. You can't do everything, Bishop. You you can't do everything. Let us. That's what we're here for. You concentrate on the youth. This is what we're to do. So again, I'm trying to fix things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. That's 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 another thing that that. It's taken me a bit of time. I'd say probably three years, even even four years to learn. I'm now only just getting it that you you know you've got to learn to delegate to to those around you to to help you. You know you can't do everything. Um, so now I use the Elders Quorum. I use the Relief Society more. We've got activities committee. I use. Um, I have my counsellors who are wonderful who who help me. 
um, you know, with with the youth and have a great young women's presidency. Primary, that they all they all help. They all want to help. And, and you find the more, not the more you give them, but the the the, the assignments that you, that you or you discuss them in your in you know in your one, excuse me, in your, in your one to ones and and uh, your, your your meetings with them. And you get more out of that, and I find that really important as well. You know, having your having your one the ones with your your presidents and and elders corn elders corn relief site president, fantastic meetings we have them uh, that that I have with them, uh, and we have our meetings we discuss, and 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 I go away from that meeting knowing that that they're going to get it done. Yeah, you know, they're going to get it done, and and for me that's great delegation. So- any tips on as you have those those mm. interactions? Are there specific questions you seem to ask more than others, mm. or where do you start? Do you sometimes feel like, man, we just met. Do we really yeah. have anything to talk about? I mean, how do you how do you go about uh, handling those interviews? Well, well, again, you know, my day job, I'm, I'm a fire officer in the fire rescue service, so that okay. that helps me, you know, because that's that's kind of my job. You know, I have mm. to kind of talk to people and get the best out of people, and and. One of the things as well, like standards. So if we have a firefighter who has standards that are dropping and dripping, you know, and going off a mm-hmm. little bit, um, we have our, our one-to-one meetings that, that, that we have and say, look, you know, you're kind of here and I need you to kind of be here. How would you go about that? How What do you want to do and how can I help you to facilitate that? Or can, how can you help me as well to do my job? You know, so so what we kind of do is put like improvement plans in, in place. So mm-hmm. – it's kind of a subtle improvement plan that I can give to my elders corn relief society president, you know, in our, in our, our meetings that then they can pass on to others. Um, so we kind of have a, have a, a good, good chat about that. You know, we can, we can, and, and, and so can my, my work helps me quite a lot if I'm honest with the training courses that, that I do and, and, and like the admin side of stuff, you know, admin. So, you know, for people who need help, we, we mustn't give up on them. You know, I wouldn't give up on my firefighters. I wouldn't give up on, on my friends or my family. And I wouldn't give up on my church members, you know, and we, we try and have that ethos in Galston that we don't give up on each other, you know, and, and there's things go on, Kurt, in the ward, you know, as I'm sure you've experienced before, where I hear about it in these meetings and think, wow, you know, these people are really doing that for, for such and such or, or this other person, you know, and it really warms your heart to know that how kind these people are and what they're doing for them. They're not their ministers, you know, they're yeah. not their ministers. And, and we, we chatted, I'm sorry, I'm not going to going off subject for a little bit, but yeah, um, we had a chat in ward council about this uh, a few weeks back about ministry, you know, saying about how, even though you have a list of people on that ministry list, it doesn't mean to say that other people can't help them. It's not just the minister's responsibility. You know, it's everybody's responsibility to to help each other out. Sure, yeah, let the minister know that you've done this to help them because that minister might not have that skill to help that person, whereas that other person might have that skill. You know, so it's about helping each other and and being there for each other and having that love for each other. And I've really experienced that in in the ward recently, you know, especially with COVID and and being an elderly ward, you know, how how they've really stepped up, the members. You know, they really yeah. have, and, and and you know, it's it's wonderful to see. So, yeah. So, um, what was the question? <laughs> well, I'm just as far as yeah. um, how you go about those interviews, yeah. like it, yeah. specific questions you ask, or you know, how yeah, you sure. how you help people that way. So you're um, not doing everything on yourself. Yeah. So, so again, I'll, I'll step that back to what do you think we should do? 
you know, mm. I haven't got all the answers. The thing is, as well as, as as you'll know, everybody thinks just because you're the bishop. I know the Lord calls, qualifies. However, you don't know. You're not the the font of all knowledge. You're not the font of everything that you can tell them exactly. You know, so I rely on on my elders quorum president and the release site president sometimes to tell me how they're going to fix it, and I can feel the spirit and feel what they're saying and say, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I think that's a good plan. Let's let's go with that. You know, so because obviously they're entitled to their own revelation. You know, they can they know things that they want to do in the ward, and I think if they just get me to rubber stamp it, if if that's what we want to do, if, if there's an improvement there that perhaps I, I put another suggestion in there that the, that the spirit dictates to me, so be it. You know, so that's important. I always try and put yeah. the question back on them and say, how can we help with this situation? What would you do? Yeah, you know, and and that I think that invites me because of empowerment, isn't it? You know, it's kind of empowering empowering others. Yeah. Uh, the last point is, and I'm excited to hear uh, you break this one down. But keep meetings to time and use technology where appropriate. Yeah. The, wow. the, <laughs> the beast of meetings, you know, we're that always is, fighting it yeah, off. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So keeping it on time. So I was. I'm. I mean, Carolyn will tell you this. My wife. She'll say I'm terrible timekeeper. I'm always t- on time for work and church, no problem. But other things, well, I was a bit late for us tonight as well, but because I was trying to go on the technology again. Um, but, yeah, so so keeping things on time is, is important for me because I'm no good at it. You know, I'm no good at it. So I I have people on the World Council, because obviously we're going a lot on technology at the moment with COVID and how that situation is. So, we are yeah. not meeting in person at the moment. We will do again soon, you know, but sure. as I said, in England at the moment, it's dark, it's dull, it's cold. Do I want my Relief Society president? Do I want my primary president? Do I want my young women's president coming out on a dark, dingy night, coming all the way from where they live, very rural, you know, 20 miles away to come to the chapel for a meeting in the chapel? You know, I don't want to put the sisters through that, you know, so... I think technology has been a great thing for us in COVID and to embrace, we get everybody there at the meeting. I can have my counselors there, you know, the brethren, they live closer. So if we go down the chapel, we can meet together and, and we can invite the sisters online. Um, so it's important, I think, to embrace technology because it does help us. Otherwise, perhaps my, the, the sisters, and it's not just the sisters, you know, the brethren as well. We do have, you know, I'm not singling them out here because um, we do have brethren who, who live quite far away as well. Um, so it helps everybody and it can get to a wider audience as well. So whatever comes from that meeting is instant, bang, instant. You know, we can get it straight out onto Facebook. We can get it straight out onto WhatsApp. So if there's something that needs to be done, they are on it straight away messaging, you know, such and such needs a visit. Um, sister such and such needs or brother such and such needs this and we're on it straight away and and, and uh, I'll tell you now okay, it, it's been an absolute revelation for us here because I think me I'm a bit of a technophobe you know as you probably gathered <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm not brilliant with it so it's kind of been a big learning curve for me to yeah. to to use that you know to use technology and embrace technology whereas my uh, young counsellor Joe who's, uh, who's my second counsellor at the moment, wonderful with technology. So everything yeah. like, can you do this, Joe? Can you send a link out? Can you do this? Whereas <laughs> Dennis is 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 a little bit older than me, my first counselor. So he's not, but actually, he's probably better than me at technology, if I'm honest. Um, 
so again, it's that delegation thing, you know, um, he, he is very good at technology and, and using that, that to get the messages out. We, we've been asked to continue with streaming our sacrament meetings uh, at the moment from, from the state. So we are continuing to do that because we've still got a lot of older, vulnerable members in the ward who like to hear, you know, and like to participate in the sacrament service the way they can. All right, they might not be able to have the sacrament each week, but we can still bring a bit of that into their homes via technology. And I'm really grateful for that, that, that we can yeah. do that and they can hear hear, hear um, the, the speakers each Sunday. So technology, embrace it. Don't be scared of it like me yeah. just <laughs> embrace it and use it and if, yeah and if you're scared of it uh, usually one of the counselors can uh, can help you out or you can find uh, maybe one of the the priests yeah. in the ward that yeah can walk you through. yeah sure. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. nice Brilliant. any other you mentioned whatsapp and a few other technologies or apps is are there any other yeah so any other systems or apps you use that really are helpful well the, the stake are kind of um we've 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 got um Pete Weston, who's um, just been called on the state presidency, and he's he's very up on his technology, you know, and he's joining a lot of the Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, and other things, and, and being invited to, to to come on a lot of the more technology. Twitter, I know we can, you know, there's Twitter that, that that we can use. Instagram as well, there's a lot of members on Instagram at the moment. So you know, obviously we've got to be careful what we put on these platforms, you know. So we we do offer a little bit of guidance about what what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to put on there um and and about comments as well so you know sometimes you might see a general um subject which i saw the other day on on facebook was a general subject about about something and one of the church members had commented and i was like oh no i'm gonna have to work with them about this you know <laughs> so so it's kind of again it, you know it may be one of the one of the older members let's say perhaps not used to talking on on these so not realizing how many people these this is reaching you know so um we've got to be careful but yeah i mean you know with zoom you know we use i mean zoom's been brilliant you know obviously with the, with the church accounts and yeah. stuff so and i've never heard of zoom again before you know uh covid so yeah we're all experts in, now so. yeah i guess the shares in zoom are like through the roof you know because everybody's yeah. got it now so yeah, so those are the sort of platforms mainly we use. So your Facebook, Instagram, um, WhatsApp. WhatsApp's very good. I've got a ward council at WhatsApp because okay. Sister Paris, bless her, she doesn't do Facebook. So she's on WhatsApp. Uh-huh. So we we kind of get things done on that and, and Facebook on our, on our group page. And, yeah. and that works really well for us. And so you just have a like a, a ward group uh, on Facebook no, or do you have like a yeah. for leaders? Yeah, we have. Um, well, not not for leaders such because um, oh, okay. um, we're only allowed the, the the one of the things that I did um, stress was that it's only myself and one of my counselors that can authorize what goes on the Facebook page. So oh, it yeah, comes yeah. through. Yeah. So it comes through. So we can kind of um, make sure it's appropriate to to, yeah. to put on there. So, but the stake has a Facebook page. You know, we've got our stake okay. young men, stake yeah. young women's, then we've got our stake youth. So they all have their own separate little bits. We have our ward youth, you know, we've got a ward primary. So there's so many different areas that, that, that we can get the information out. My, my wife's on the, the uh, ward primary presidency. So we're going to do a, a, an activity with the youth next Saturday, uh, sorry, with the primary uh, uh, children. And it's a bounce one. They're on the trampolines and do all that sort of stuff. So it was great that we could put that out there because we have a lot of 
non-members and a lot of investigators and a lot of those who are a bit less active that are actually on the page. So we can instantly invite them and they've got no choice. They see it, you know, so that, mm-hmm. so instantly they've seen this and we've got a few coming out next week who might not normally come to church and we can engage with them and, 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 you know, hopefully bring them into church and baptize a few of them and, and reactivate a few of them. And, you know, so it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant tool. That really is. And, and it's, you know, you can see how, the Lord has made this happen in the last days that we've got all this technology that we can use, you know, for the right reasons, you know, and that, and, and I think that's wonderful. And it's only a good thing. Great. Well, Neil, this has been fun. I always love having some diverse accents on here. Uh, you know, <laughs> people get tired yeah. of our American uh, drawl here, but <laughs> I love it. So. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, this has been fun just to learn about the, you know, the, the church in your part of the world and, and how you're leading. And uh, that's great. Any other principle or concept or tip that uh, we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we hit on? Uh, if not, I'll ask you one more question. Um, I think, I think just, just be yourself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, again, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a returned missionary. I'm not, um, I would say the ideal candidate that anyone put forward that, that would consider themselves to be a, a bishop or even a church member sometimes, you know, I kind of, I, I guess I'm a bit hard on myself at times. Um, but I think you recognize in yourself that, 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 you know, the Lord loves you, you know, and, um, I think it was Elder Gong in his, in, he had a, a message this week, didn't he, about, um, uh, we can always trust God, you know, we can always trust in him because he knows us better than, than we know ourselves. And I think that's, that's kind of really important that, that we do trust ourselves and trust the spirit and, and be guided by that as well. You know, and that's what I kind of try to do and have a prayer in your heart each day. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, the last question I have for you is as you reflect back, uh, maybe particularly on your four and a half years as bishop here, being a leader, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? Um, to be a leader, um, for me, it's to walk in the steps of Christ, you know, and and as his representative, you do try to kind of uphold those standards expected by him. You know, it's a privilege to serve um, the Savior. And to learn you know that we're all brothers and sisters trying to see the pure through spiritual glasses rather than like the earthly ones and i think as we do that you know it will draw you closer to the lord and to being more like him then that's kind of the way i see it and that concludes this how i lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense and share it with somebody who could relate to this this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And uh, that's that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, uh, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, uh, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org contact. Maybe send this in individual an email, letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them. And... Uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. And remember, go to leadingsaints.org slash 14 
to access our full Liberating Saints virtual library. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.